Hello, I'm Ken Eastman, Dean of the Spirit School of Business. On this podcast, Addison Price and I give insight on business tips and tricks, how-tos, and fun stories. Join us and a variety of guests on your walk to a class or for a quick break for your day. This is The Buzz on Business. Annie, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Just ducky. I think it's going to be a really good episode today. I'm very, very excited. Why don't you tell us who we have with us? Okay, today we have OSU's very, very famous Pistol Pete's. So if you didn't know, there are two Pistol Pete's. One man, two bodies, but really they're separate. You know, they're not in the costume at the same time, obviously. But today we have Parker and Michael with us. We are so excited to have you guys. Hello. Hi, I'm Michael. Hey, Parker Wilson. Awesome. We are so excited to have you guys here today. And today we're going to kind of dive into all the nitty gritty details of Pistol Pete. The one and only, the legendary the Pistol Pete. The legendary Pistol Pete. It's going to be so fun. So because this is our homecoming episode, will you guys tell us what you're looking most forward to this homecoming season? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to homecoming the, the week before homecoming, you know, we got a huge week, um, go through the harvest carnival and all the different things that homecoming has. And then, um, you know, all night pomp and then into homecoming and hoops and then to the game. I mean, it's a, it's a really big week, uh, for Oklahoma state, but it's a, it's a huge week for us and, and all the appearances we have to make, but super excited for that, you know? Yeah, it's going to be a blast. I think it's always fun, too, to see Pete at different events, and it's so exciting. I know that I was telling everybody before we started recording that I get a little bit weird around mascots because I love mascots so much, and obviously Pistol Pete is one of my fan favorites, so I'm very excited. Michael, what about you? What are you most excited for? I'm just excited for the alumni to come back you know it, it's a lot of fun especially on game days but homecoming really is just kind of its own animal I mean looking at all of the appearances that we already have scheduled for homecoming it's going to be incredible I mean we have all night pomp that night we're going around to every single house we've got a pep rally at the alumni center then we're going over to the beta house for homecoming and hoops or whatever they're doing now. And then we wake up bright and early the next morning for the parade and then the game. It's going to be a crazy week. Even leading up to that, it's going to be incredible. Sounds like you need a spare Pete just for homecoming. There used to be three of you. Yeah. Hey, sign me up. I'll do it. I will. I'll be Pete. I might not look like you guys, but I'll do it. I'll do my best job. I promise. What prompted both of you to want to be Pete? Pretty much my whole life, I've been around Oklahoma State. My dad was Pistol Pete back in the day as well. Uh, I think '84 through '86 was the years that he was that he was Pete. So growing up, you know, I came to every single Oklahoma State game. Um, came to homecoming every single year. Uh, I got to ride in the the uh, Pistol Pete alumni float. I drove it one year. So kind of just growing up, I'm like, man, that would be a great opportunity if I ever got to do that. Michael, how about you? Uh, what made me want to try out, it's not as cool of a story as Parker's, but when I was little, I was, I'm from Stillwater, I was born here, I came to my first OSU football game at four weeks old, the very first game, and uh, my parents jokingly say that that is when I wanted to become Pistol Pete. When I was little, I was obsessed with superheroes, and I, you know, I loved to dress up as Batman and Superman all that stuff until I was about six. And, you know, when I come to these games, I'd see Pete on the field and I'm like, that is a superhero. And so ever since I was a little kid, I just really wanted to be Pete. And I started preparing for it, you know, when I was in like high school, taking concurrent classes and, and getting ready for it. And then finally, when I came here, I, I went for it and got it. That's so exciting. I feel like too, I should give a plug, Michael, for your face to face that everybody, that 
the Spear School of Business did because hearing your story and what you went through and the dedication that you had to become a Pistol Pete is really, really neat. So if you haven't heard his full story of kind of what made him want to try out and his experiences leading up to becoming Pete, I definitely think that you should listen to his face-to-face because it's really, really cool. I want to hear a little bit about some of the interactions that you guys have had with other mascots and what it's like being a mascot for a university and then interacting with other mascots as well. Uh, so yeah, um, we haven't had a ton of interactions with other mascots when it comes to like big 12. Um, Michael and I did have the pleasure of going down to Texas though, um, to SMU where we attended mascot camp. Um, and that was, that was a ride. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, it it pretty much is, was exactly how it sounds. Um, a bunch of people who are mascots around, you know, uh, I think it was like the Southern area of the United States, um, ranging from like D one schools to D three schools. And it was pretty much a camp where, uh, they kind of teach you how to be a mascot, uh, in Michael and I's, uh, well, how, how we are as Pistol P is a lot different than other mascots. You know, we're not running around, uh, we're not doing flips. We're not really dancing too much. Um, so what they were doing, what it pretty much was, was, uh, a lot of skits, um, a lot of dancing, a lot of flips, uh, which we don't do any of. Uh, so, so we were kind of out on a lot of them. Um, but we, we did come in and we, we, we shot up some guns, uh, to get the crowd going. Uh, that was about the extent of our, of our participation. And that really was the extent of our participation, uh, at mascot camp. But you know, it was, it was an experience. Uh, glad I did it. Now I know what mascot camp entails. Um, and I don't think I'll be back. So. I would have never thought. (laughs) It certainly was an interesting experience. Um, You you really get to see a wide range of people that are mascots around the NCAA. We're in this massive group me with like 1,200 people. It's like every NCAA and pro mascot out there. And I've traveled around. I did some commercials with the OU people. I just got back from Austin and I met the Texas mascots and they really are some stand-up people, Um, you know, very dedicated to their job and very, very good at what they do. I mean, the hospitality that they showed me in Austin was second to none. And it really is cool to see how how different everybody is and, and really how passionate everybody is about being a mascot. That is really cool. I can't imagine being at mascot camp and seeing everybody. I don't know. I just feel like all of it would be so surreal. How did you guys get out of the dancing and the skidding? Well, so I did a little back work here. Um, they were they were telling us to, you know, do a lot of the dancing and, and all the different stuff. And I, I looked at him. I said, look, Pistol Pete doesn't do this. Pistol Pete does two things. He shoots his guns and he looks really cool. So and that's pretty much, you know, what we did. We, we shot our guns and we looked really cool. Um, when it came to dancing and all that, you know, we didn't do much of it. But we kind of sat on the sidelines and uh, let other people have, have uh, the time of their life. And we, we came in and did our thing. So that's, uh, that's, about, what, that's about what happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty awesome. So you won't be instructors at camp next year? Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, I don't think we're allowed back. There's <laughs> <laughs> more, more of the answer than there. That's so great. Well, I feel like I have so many different questions just about kind of the inside scoop, I guess, of what goes on being a Pistol Pete and what that looks like and the behind the scenes, if you will. But I'm most curious about the head. And I feel like I, I know that it's 45 pounds. Is that correct? It's actually, the old one was 45 pounds. They constructed a new one recently out of carbon fiber that we use, and it's 35 pounds. Wow. Okay, so you got Modern 10 pounds technology. shaved off. There wow, you go. That's, 
that is a little bit better. So is there any way, my biggest question really is, is there any way that it stays on your head? Like, are you strapped in somehow? Is it a balancing act? How do you do it? Give us the behind the scenes of when you're suiting up to become so Pete. The head itself, a lot of mascots, they'll have, you know, straps or whatever. Um, ours doesn't, I think if we had a strap and it fell or something, we'd probably like break our neck. <laughs> so <laughs> it's got a baseball helmet built into it and that's where our head rests. And then the actual full head itself has shoulder pads and it sits on our shoulders. So it's that big that our head goes all the way into it and then it sits on our shoulders. Do you know how tall you are with the head on? Ooh, I don't know. I'd say I'm probably close to nine feet tall. So, and then my head, it was constructed for uh, Kevin Osborne, who's about what? Six, 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 seven, probably about 250 or more. So it's uh, the, the baseball helmet inside of it is, is a lot bigger than my actual head. So when you said balancing act, that's really what it is for me. Yeah. It's, it's a little wobbly. So I've got to do some minor adjustments to mine to uh, not make me look so, look so strange. But yeah, but yeah such, it's, like such a bobble head. Yeah, there at first it was very uncomfortable, but I had to do some, a, a couple things to, to, to make it fit on my head, like right. Awesome. So, uh, obviously, you guys go to a lot of events and uh, activities. Uh, what would you say has been your happiest and your saddest event, or more tragic, whatever or like you want to call it? Yeah. My first Pete appearance, the first thing I ever did when I suited up as Pistol Pete, was a funeral. It was for the the gentleman Rowdy Swanson. He he passed away in that bull riding accident. He was on the OSU rodeo team, and I'd never been Pete before never been peeped before and my very first appearance you had to walk all the way down the aisle of that church kneel at the casket they said a prayer and stuff and and i left and they took some pictures i was on koco5 and all sorts of stuff it was crazy um but that was probably the saddest event i've ever done fortunately i was able to get it you know knock it out it was a very great introduction to being pistol pete and how to take on the character but the happiest event was probably I don't know. It was probably this last week in Austin whenever we came back after <laughs> halftime and won. Yeah, for mine, my saddest event uh, was last year. Uh, we, I did a Make-A-Wish Foundation deal for a little girl. She's battling cancer. Um, it was over here at the OSU Vet Clinic, um, and her wish was to become a vet and to meet Pistol Pete. So that was really, it really takes you back. You know, I was, I was tearing up a little bit in the head while I was over there. I mean, just... I mean, little girl, probably four years old. Um, and all she wants to do is, you know, be a vet and, uh, and meet Pistol Pete. So that was a really, really, you know, heartwarming moment for me. Um, and, you know, something I'll never forget. Um, and then also I'd say my, my favorite event, the happiest event I've ever done is when they, when Taylor made the golf company, uh, came out with the Pistol Pete balls. Um, they, they, flew me out to Jupiter, Florida, and I got to do a uh, promotional shoot out there and then uh, record a video uh, with, with Matt Wolf and Ricky Fowler. So I got to go out there and, and we, did a, uh, we did a commercial shoot out there. And uh, you can see it on TaylorMade's Instagram or YouTube or whatever. Um, but so I, after, after we shoot the commercial, I'm talking on the green with them for probably an hour, just super cool guys. And I had not met Matt before he's my age. We went, came into school together and, uh, he's like, so how are you getting home, um, back to Oklahoma? 
was like, well, I have a flight out tomorrow morning. He's like, well, I got my jets going back to Oklahoma City tonight if you just want to hop on. So I was like, yeah, uh, yeah, that'll work. So, we, uh, so I went over to his house in, in Jupiter and hung out for a couple hours and then just took the took the car to the to the runway, hop, gave the keys to his assistant and hopped on the jet and came back to Oklahoma City that night. So that was really, really cool moment getting to hang out with him and get to know him. So he's a he's a good friend now. Uh, I'm shocked that as Pete, you don't have your own private plane. At hey, that's what I'm, I've been, I've been saying this since we got the job. We <laughs> <laughs> deserve a private plane, but no, we, it is funny, you know, being like a mascot, we really do get treated like royalty. Everything that we get to do. I mean, would you say the same, Michael? Absolutely. I mean, we show up somewhere, we have someone there waiting for us in the parking lot, telling us where to go. You know, we get to park right up front everywhere we go. I mean, it is, it, we get treated extremely nice um everywhere you know when we went down to boise the the boise people were crazy nice to to me um where where to go where to put all my stuff where to be um really really cool uh, really cool people so great yeah that's really incredible i feel like i don't know all the different experiences that you would have being a pete are probably some once in a lifetime experiences and so hearing even your saddest moments and your most exciting moments it's really amazing how humbling it all is to be able to have that experience and take that on um to continue with the appearances with different fun appearances you both do a lot of weddings. That's one big thing that Pete does. Go to weddings, make it fun, kind of jazz up the crowd and everything. What are some of your most funny wedding experiences that you've had? Um, <laughs> there are, you guys are already laughing, so I'm excited. Um, I was at a wedding. Um, it was an outdoor wedding. And where the they always put me where the groomsmen change is where I change and then come out as Pete. So I go into the wedding and it was like apart from the outside wedding. It's in this little shack basically. And I come in, put my stuff on, go out to the wedding, do the wedding. Um, and I come, I'm coming back to the little shack and the lights are off. I can see through, it's a window pane door. Um, and I'm like, okay, what's going on? So I try to open the door and the door's locked. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, I'm still in the Pistol Pete stuff. It was it was in the summer. It was super hot. I'm dying. It was for an hour long event. Um, I'm like, are you kidding me? What is going on? So I'm not, you know, I'm beating on the door. Like somebody let me in. I still got the Pistol Pete head on. Um, and this guy, <laughs> this guy comes to open the door and he's got his shirt off. And I'm like, what the heck? As I'm Pistol Pete, you know, opens the door. He's like, oh, sorry about that opens the door. I walk in and there's a girl sitting on the couch there. And I was like, okay, okay, dang. Pistol Pete really came in and ruined the party here. So I take the head off. I put all my stuff. I got it. I tried to get out as fast as possible. And I remember I'm, I'm leaving this little, this little room and I, I open the door to leave and I look back at him. I'm like, do you guys want me to turn the lights back off? <laughs> And they're like, no, 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 we're good. I shut the door and I like look back through the window and they're just hands in their head dying. And no. like, oh my gosh. That was probably the funniest moment I've probably had as Pistol Pete of just what is going on here? You know. I, I think you know what was trying to go well, on. Yeah, right. I don't know. We it, I don't, one one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You put those pieces together. <laughs> I won't say it. Michael, how about you? I have not had 
as crazy of an experience that relates to that. There's one that really surprised me. It was a, uh, we were just booked for a normal wedding. It was in uh, Texas, just a little city outside of Dallas. And so I go down and I'm making my usual preparations. They take me into this little place. A lot of police officers there. And I was like, that's kind of strange. A lot of very tight security. It was, I mean, it wasn't a huge wedding venue. There's probably a hundred people there. And um, I was like, this is really strange. And so I go in and I walk in. I'm, you know, they play the fight song, who Pistol Pete's here. Um, and I see the groom and the man is huge. He is one of the largest people I've ever seen, like probably six, five, something like that. I mean, he looked like an NFL player. And it turns out that it was an NFL player. It was, <laughs> it was Blake Jarwin. He, was, he played here at OSU and then he's now the starting tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm telling you what, I walk in there and it is every, like a bunch of people on the Dallas Cowboys football team, Dak Prescott, Mason Rudolph came down to hang out. I mean, it was a wedding where it's just shoulder to shoulder with, you know, some of the, the NFL's best. And it was just incredible. I mean, I, I had never, I never expected that walking into any sort of wedding. It was just a normal wedding at a nice little venue. And, and, and there was Pete ready to go, um, with just all sorts of different people. And it was really nice. All the pictures I got to take afterwards. Yeah, tell people. them the story about that, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No jealousy. <laughs> no, no. There was one rule of the wedding. What was the one rule, Michael? The one rule was uh, you're not supposed to take pictures with all the NFL people that and were there. And what's the one thing that you did? Took pictures with every <laughs> single NFL person that was there. <laughs> but they were for demonstration purposes only, right? Yes. Yeah. Training for the next Pete. I got, I got one more if you, if you really want it. I want it. Okay, so this is kind of a, a funny slash sad Um I came, I, I rolled up to a wedding one night, um, and I come in and ladies waiting for me in the parking lot, walks me in and, uh, she's walking me in and she says, Hey, did you hear about the, um, the, the bride's dad, uh, my husband? And I was like, no, I didn't hear what's going on. Like, well, he died last week. And I was no. like, Oh man. She said, yeah, we need Pistol Pete to do the father daughter dance. Oh, and I no. said, I was, I, my, my face just went like white. And I was like, you want Pistol Pete to do the father daughter dance for your daughter's wedding right now? And she, she was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was like, okay. So I go out there um, and we, we dance to uh, should have been a cowboy, her and Pistol Pete. She's crying. The whole place is crying. And I'm dancing and I'm, I'm like, is this the only, am I the only one that thinks this is just a little strange? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I, mean, I mean, I understand it's just very, very sad, um, very sad time, but man, this is this as a 22 year old, you know, kid who has never been to a lot of weddings, but never thought I'd have my first father daughter dance. But no, but that brings you back to like, you know, how much Pistol Pete really means to people. Um, and to have that opportunity is really cool, but very, uh, very out of the ordinary, I'd say when it comes to weddings and everything that I get to do. I'm thinking about the visual of just how tall and how big the Pistol yeah, Pete head yeah. is and then trying to dance and thank goodness it's not so much of a slow dance song, right? So, I mean, it wasn't. We were two-stepping. Okay, see, so that <laughs> makes it more fun. If you were really slow swaying back and forth, it might really be a little a little odd and I feel like the groom might be a little jealous, but no, not like that. That's good. 
So in any event or anything, has anyone tried to take the head off? No, not, not me. Yes. I, <laughs> I was at a wedding one time um, and there was a mother with her young child. And this is a very common occurrence. You know, mom wants their kid to take a picture with Pete. Kids like four. Terrified, Terrified, right? It's a kid, you know, dude with a giant head that's just staring at you. And the kid didn't want to take a picture. And she goes, don't worry, don't worry. He's a real person. Here, just take the head off real quick. Just take the head off real quick and just show him that you're a real person. And I just kind of look at her. No, no, I'm not going to take (laughs) That's not how that works. I'm not going to take my head off in front of everybody so that your kid wants to take a picture with me. She goes, come on, come on. And walks over to me and, you know, tries to take the head off. And I just had to kind of push her away. (laughs) But yeah, you did have the gun, didn't you? I mean, that's I did have the gun. I did. Oh, that would have been a recipe for <laughs> front page news. Yeah, because there's, I'm sure, any mascot rule number one: do not break character. Absolutely, yeah, you cannot break character under any circumstances, uh, as hard as it can be sometimes. But no, yeah, there's no taking the head off. There's no talking in the head. Um, and, and definitely no breaking character. Well, there was one time in the homecoming, um, disaster that happened a couple years ago. Um, when that happened, he was right there at the scene and he took the head off and loaded a bunch of people in his truck and took them to the hospital and left the head, you know, there on the side, on the, on the road. And I think that was a pretty big story, um, back then, but yeah, Taylor Collins, I remember he took the head off and and to rush people to the emergency room after that. Uh, That would be a good exception. A very good exception. One of the questions I'm most excited to ask you guys, we asked on the Instagram, we asked for questions from students, and we got a lot of, where does Pistol Pete sleep? What does Pistol Pete eat? Where does Pistol Pete live? So people really want to know about Pistol Pete, the person. But I think that we can maybe shift this question a little bit. And I want to know what you guys think Pistol Pete's voice would sound like. Uh, Actually, Parker has a very good Pistol Pete voice impression that he's going to give us right now. (laughs) I can't wait. (laughs) Uh, Don't put me on the spot or anything. Uh, Well, uh, okay. Um... I don't really know what I, 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 I'd say Pistol Pete just sounds like us. He probably sounds like a little, you know, country guy, probably deeper voice, a uh, little country twang to him. If I had to, if I had to guess, but you know, it was Frank Eaton. It was, it was back in the day. Um, he was a grand marshal and probably, you know, didn't take a lot of crap from people. Um, so I don't know, probably a deeper voice, Southern twang. Uh, I don't know. Let me, let me get your best Frank Eaton impression, Michael. Um, I actually have an advantage over Parker. I've listened to the clips of Frank Eaton speak before, and um, he sounded kind of like the generic 50s type of person. And um, I remember he had a clip, and it was him talking about the story of his of his father getting gunned down. And he goes on there, and he goes, And I met a man by the name of Mose Beeman, and he told me, Boy, a curse be upon you if you do not avenge your father's debt. And that's about what he sounded like. And I would imagine if Pistol Pete were to speak... That's pretty close to it. I mean, I don't think you could get much more accurate. That was perfect. Yeah, it's, That's I, what yeah, I wanted yeah. to sound like. You know? <laughs> How do you get through doors? I mean, I've observed you. Is there any special preparation you do to try to get through doors? I mean, it's really an art uh, and a lot of practice. You have about, what would you say? You got about two inches, maybe an inch on each side. Um you know, right to left. And, you know, you just got to bend down and, and get through it. We've become pretty good at it. I'd say, uh, luckily we're not, you know, six, four, six, five, you know, type guys. So we, we fit, you know, 
in ceilings, uh, but <laughs> but when it comes to doorways, yeah, you just kind of bend down and can you just kind of get the feel of okay, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make this door. But I have had the the couple times where I thought I was gonna make it, you know, height wise, and you will smack your head on the top <laughs> of the door, and it feels like feels like an earthquake's going on. Yeah, it jolts you really bad. It really kind of depends on the door. If it's like a big double door, you can get away with just walking normally and ducking your head way down. But if it's just like a, a standard single door, you're generally going to have to get down pretty low and, and really balance yourself out well, grow straight through the middle of that door so that each side of the brim can get through. Yeah, imagine your peripheral vision isn't that great. Uh, it's terrible. <laughs> no, what's, what, the worst things that happens to me is, you know, when you're taking pictures with kids and you're standing up and a kid will come, you'll take the picture and then you'll wait for the next kid to come and you're waiting and you're waiting. Well, the next kid is standing right next to you and you're like, <laughs> but you can't see him. And then, you know, you like swing your arms and you hit him right in the face or something like that. And you're like, Oh gosh, I feel so bad. You know, give him a little tap on top of the head. But yeah, that, those are some awkward moments for sure. Sometimes it can be very difficult when you're walking around and really your kind of range of vision is directly in front of you. And then there's a hole out of the bottom of the chin. So anything that's not straight in front of you or directly below you is fair game. And I mean, sometimes there'll be kids that'll walk right up to you, stand there and look at you and you start walking and you might just punt a, a kid. And I mean, it, yeah. And sometimes, you know, or if you're looking around or whatever, and there's a kid right there in front of you waiting to interact with you and you're just completely ignoring them it can be it can be very awkward and very difficult but <laughs> we talked a little bit about your homecoming week schedule and I feel like having a head that heavy on your shoulders for so many days so many hours all of it how sore are you after you are Pete for a few hours for a game whatever it might be I mean I'm definitely gonna have some long-term neck injuries <laughs> <I would say. laughs> that's just a given but I mean it's not too bad um you, your kind of traps get sore um, I haven't had too much like neck strain or anything like that or back strain, more just your muscles get sore. You know, imagine carrying like a 25 pound plate, like on your shoulders. I mean, it's not comfortable, but you just kind of get over it. Um, and then the next day is a little, you're a little sore, but nothing too bad. I think it's certainly just an adjustment. Uh, I remember the very first full home game we had against uh, Missouri state this last year. It can be, uh, I was really sore the next day. Whenever you do the second and fourth quarter as Pete, you're in the west end zone of Boone Pickens. And that's where all of the fans are. In the east end zone, you just kind of hang out. In the west end zone, all the fans are there. And to reach them, you know, high five them or hand them stuff or whatever, you got to get up on your tippy toes. And I remember... I mean, I need to do more calf exercises because <laughs> I was getting up there and the next day I could barely walk with how sore my calves were, you know, getting up on your toes with that 35 pound head on. And I mean, even putting on all the peak gear adds a lot of weight to you. So it's certainly an exercise for sure. Yeah, I think I tracked one of the games. I weighed myself before and then after I think I lost seven pounds in one one game day. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's a different form of exercise yeah. for sure. We'll usually measure how hot a game is by the amount of shirts we go through. So I remember it, the Tulsa game was very hot, that 11 a.m. kickoff, and I went through, I think, five shirts. So, Oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine. Yeah, that would be, that would be like one of I feel like I would start to feel like I was claustrophobic. You know what I mean? Does it ever feel that way while you're in the head? Do you ever? No, not with the sweat or anything? 
Not really. I could imagine with other heads being like that, but I mean, it's very roomy in there. I remember one time I was at a wrestling duel this last year and the Super Bowl was on and I was able to tape my phone into the cheek <laughs> and I watched the Super Bowl. Stop it. And I'm a big wrestling fan, but I wanted to see who was going to win. I didn't realize the Pete head had an entertainment console in it. That's right. That's right. Do you think we should do some this or that? Some rapid fire questions. You will say two things and you have to tell us which one you like more. Okay, go ahead. Weddings or game days? Game days. Yeah, game days. Football or basketball? Football. Football. Crying kids or student section? Student section. <laughs> yeah, student section. Homecoming or bedlam? Homecoming. Yeah, I would say so. We, we didn't get to do bedlam last year, so it's a little different. I don't know. We'll come back and let you know. Yeah, oh, that'd be perfect. That'd be perfect. Yeah, it'll be perfect. Hot weather or cold weather? Cold oh, weather. Cold. Final question, really important one. Boneless or traditional? Boneless. Boneless. Yeah. Boneless. Oh my gosh. I'm That's me? Boneless, really? It's not even wings. It's just chunks of meat. You can't trust people that it's are like boneless. It's like chicken nuggets. Boneless. You said you like boneless. Oh, wait, boneless. no, bone in. Sorry, my bad. My bad. Traditional. My bad. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, boneless. thank you. Boneless. He's boneless still not, by it. Oh, gosh. Yeah. No, no, no. You have to, I mean, it gets all over your face and stuff. With boneless, you just use a fork and you can eat it. You don't have to clean up. Need this is chicken not, nuggets. <laughs> yeah. I like chicken nuggets. <laughs> I, one thing I was going uh, to ask you, what's the Brotherhood of Pete's like? Uh, yeah, so there's a, there's a huge alumni group. Um, we meet up. <clears throat> I'd say probably every home game, there's a, there's a big majority that, that comes through. I, I'm pretty sure there's a big tailgate, um, but homecoming for sure. We have a, our own homecoming parade uh, float that they all ride on. Um, and then Pete's there in the front. Um, there's always a really cool picture that's taken with all the pistol Pete's. They all dress up like how I'm dressing white shirts and black jeans and vests and cowboy hats. So, Oh, it's super cool. Um, and they'll, they'll call you on a whim, you know, if, if, the, if whatever's going on, like, Hey, we need Pete over here. It's like, well, okay. Yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> you know, they kind of have priority wherever, you know, Pete goes, but it, it is really cool and get to talk to them and all the stories that they have. Uh, you know, when, when they're all together, it's hard to get a word in just because they're, they're all, I mean, I'm, I would say the most part, a lot of us are the same, you know, very outgoing people who have a million stories they could tell at any moment. Um, so yeah, if you want to talk, you better speak up for sure. <laughs> they say that Every Pete thinks they're the best Pete, <laughs> and it really shows when our alumni come in. But it's so cool how rooted in tradition it is. I mean, we all have a number. So Charlie Lester was Pistol Pete ninety or was number one. Parker's number ninety one, and I'm number ninety two. And you know, our tryout process is very different because it's not determined by the cheer coach or the spirit coordinator. It's determined by a panel of former Petes, and they're so involved in the process. Uh, just about any decision that has to do with Pistol Pete, it's not determined by the athletic department before it's cleared by the the Pete alumni group. So it's just so rooted in tradition. Yeah, so you guys are really lucky to have Michael Albright, the second best Pistol Pete ever. I think I've had at least two former students, uh, Wes uh, McGill and Rhett Minson, who, oh, yeah. who were Pete's uh, before. I know, I'm sure there's a few other. Forgive me if I've forgotten your name, but I don't, those two uh, uh, stick in my head. So It's been the first time in a while that we've had two business students at the same time as Pistol Pete. Usually the ag school kind of takes them. We'll hope that'd be a trend that continues. Uh, Absolutely. We'll make sure of it.
Exactly. Pass the torch on. Is there any sort of passing the torch that happens with other Pistol Peets and kind of as you go through, I know you guys went to mascot camp, but as you kind of learn the ropes of being Pete, are you really just thrown into the role? When you become Pete, I mean, the day after, I mean, the second tryouts end, really, you're Pistol Pete. I mean, whenever we, whenever the next tryouts happen, we're done. I mean, we will do nothing else. We give them the gear and they're set to go. I mean, you are expected to start the day that you become Pete. So it is a little weird that first time you're like, okay, I've been, you know, Parker, Michael my entire life. And now I'm a completely different person. And that's really the, like how you have to think. When you have the head on, you're not yourself at all. I wouldn't do the things as myself uh, that I do like in the Pistol Pete head. You know, just different mannerisms, everything is completely different. You wouldn't even know that if you knew me that I would be doing it if I didn't tell you. You know, it, that's how. Oh, no, how I have not have noticed either. And I've been yeah. around you guys. And uh, remember one time uh, recently, my wife, she always gets a picture with Pistol Pete. And then, you know, I'm like, hey, hey whatever. Right. And she goes, you know, that's one of your students, I bet. I'm like, oh, dang, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> but you're right. The manners are so consistent that you don't really notice from one person to another uh, who it is. So I think it's a testament to you all to maintaining that uh, continuity. Uh, that is not really noticeable. I mean, we won't even answer to Parker or Michael whenever we're Pete. We only answer to Pete. And I, I realize that, too. I've, I've tried to refrain from doing that when I've seen you guys out there. So. I feel like I would try to do it just to test it and see if it would happen. And I'm sure that happens a lot with other students, too. Like, who's the booking agent? Uh, the spirit coordinator for OSU. So she's the palm coach. And then she's also the peak coordinator. Her name's Becky Jackson. She's the best. She's like our mom. So I was wondering, you know, how do you get these gigs? Obviously, they have to call. And so there's a request form online, um, and people they'll fill out their request, and then it gets sent to Becky. She approves it, and then she'll send it on to us, and then we'll write up, you know, the invoice and uh, all the email stuff, and send it back to them, and get it all hooked up. So, yep, Becky's so the best. So if you want Pete to be at an event, now you know yep. how to do it, how to book him. Any events you won't do. Um, there's a lot of people, like a lot of businesses that call in and they're like, we want Pete to come to our grand opening or we want Pete to be in a commercial for us. And, you know, we're not allowed to do that unless they're involved with OSU athletics somehow, you know, if they're like, if they're involved with athletics, like sponsorships or whatever, then we'll send Pete out there. They have to have a relationship with the university. Uh, we won't do political stuff. Um, I know people have come up and been like, hold this sign. And it's like Jim for county commissioner. It's like, can't do that. Um, But I mean, other than those kinds of things, we won't do negative stuff. Like I wasn't allowed to do horns down when I was at Texas. Um, But um, obviously I can now because I'm Michael. But um, (laughs) but other than that, Pete is really free game. We'll do just about anything. We love doing appearances so much. We clear out our schedule every day so that we can do appearances. Uh, there's not very much that we won't do. Well, thank you guys so much for being here with us. And really, this is such a special episode to have both of you on, especially with it being homecoming week. I'm so excited about everything that's coming up. You guys have a crazy week ahead of you, but it's going to be very, very fun. So thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. This is great. It's great having you. And now for Today in History. Today, on October 29th, 1929, the U.S. stock market crashed. 
more commonly known as Black Tuesday, investors traded more than 16 million shares on the New York Stock Exchange in one day. The crash caused America to spiral deeper into the Great Depression, which lasted until 1939. It was the deepest and longest economic downturn in Western civilization up to that point. In 1969, the U.S. Supreme Court orders all schools to end segregation at once. This overruled the previous Brown v. Board of Education, separate but equal decision, and ordered schools to end segregation with all deliberate speed. The South was slow to end segregation. The Alexander v. Holmes County Board of Education case worked its way to the Supreme Court 15 years after Brown v. Board of Education, and the court ordered that segregation must be ended immediately. And that's it for this edition of the Buzz on Business.